Hello, and welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online service. Our theme for this year is Plus One, which encourages us to invite someone to join us in worship and fellowship. Our mission statement is simple. It's loving God, loving people, and loving life. We hope that this message will serve as a source of inspiration and encouragement for you. Each episode, we will explore different aspects of our faith, share stories of hope and healing, and discuss ways we can make a positive impact in our community and the world. So whether you're a longtime member of our church or just tuning in for the first time, we welcome you to join us on this journey. Let's make 2023 a year of growth, both for ourselves and for those around us. Thanks for listening. Here we go. You, if you, once again, you'll understand that it's not all about you. It's not all about me. It's about those people that are not yet here. We all good so far. And so from time to time, you're going to get individuals that come to the church and they're going to be critical to say, you know, I just don't like, and you know, then and they're just going to tell you what for and what they think. And, and, and you're going to have to be okay with people's opinions or not necessarily liking the church that you like. I hope that you like it. You keep coming back, right? But now also, here's what I want you to know, is that you're here not only to be participators, but also to help cast the vision. And what I mean by that is do not be apologetic for what God has called us to do. I do not apologize to believe that God is a healing and miracle working God and that if we pray for the sick, the sick shall recover. I do not apologize and I'm not going to be mamby-pamby about that. Nor am I going to be mamby or pamby about the vision and the purpose of this church. And so I'm asking you, do not uh, disqualify or try to excuse what God's doing here in this place. And so if you, you find somebody that says, well, I just don't like the music. You know, it's just not me. Yeah, don't side in and say, well, yeah, we understand. You know, this is a little bit loud or, you know, it is a little, you know, all the smoke and all don't side in with that stuff. If they don't like it, so be it. But stand back and just say, well, we understand that we're not everybody's flavor, but there is a purpose behind what we do. There is a why behind the what. And this is why. So don't just let them go out of here talking negative about your church or why we do what we do. At least send them out knowing the why behind the what. And if they choose not to come back, so be it. Are you getting my point? I'm saying that you are representatives of this church, so don't ever apologize to say that this is my church. Don't let somebody else talk you out of it being your church. If God's called you here, be here. Amen? Why? Because God's got amazing things for you. Is that okay? All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, we're glad that you're here today, and it's amazing what God's going to do in your life. Are you glad that God has something for you to hear? I mean, young and old, praise God, God's got something for you. And so we're going to continue with our series. It's simply called the, the, the 101 at the 911. Yeah, we're still on that subject. That's right. The 101 at the 911. What's 101? 101 is the simple elementary basics or the beginning or the foundation of our Christian walk with God. 
But you realize that those foundational truths of understanding what it is to be a child of God, to be a Christian, to be a, uh, to be a person used by God, that's at a critical st- uh, uh, status. There, there is an emergency level of lack of understanding concerning the foundations of the basic principles of, of being a believer. So our title of our message is the 101 at the 911, right? You might say that don't make sense. I don't care. It just sounds cool. My wife disagrees, but I thought it sounded cool. <laughs> she says, I tried to say it. I tried, I tried, to, I tried to give the, the, the title illustration, but I just figured I'd say 111 at the 11202 or something. And so she, it's the 101 at the 911. So anyways, are you ready to hear the word of God this morning? Amen. Well, so in regards to the basic foundations of being a believer, a child of God, We've got to understand something, and that is is that it is easy to have fellowship or have a relationship with God. We have made it so difficult. We've been told that it's been so hard. We have thought that, you know what, God's so far in heaven, and here we are on earth, and it's just hard to hear God, know God, experience God, and that is so far from the truth. God so desires for us to experience him, to know him. And the Bible says that if you'll seek, you'll find. If you'll knock, it'll be opened up. If you'll ask, it will be given. How much easier is it to seek and you'll find? So my question is, is are you seeking him? He says, knock and it will be open. Are you knocking at the door? And if it's not opening up, just knock a little bit harder. Come on, if I come over to your house and I know you're there and I ring the doorbell and you're just playing hooky in the back saying, well, if I just be quiet, he'll go away. Listen, if I know you're there, I'm going to keep knocking. (laughs) Right? My dad came over the other day and he knocked on the door and I thought, well, I wonder if I can be quiet. You know, I just, I was getting ready to jump in the shower. I can't maybe, you know, but he didn't let me go. He just, I had to let him in. We had coffee and all that. So anyways, he says, knock and it'll be open. He says, ask and it will be given. It was never meant to be difficult to have a relationship with God. And for that matter, we could simply call it fellowship with God. Having a relationship with Him. And isn't it interesting that over the years, maybe our experience with church, maybe religion, it has told us that in regards to this relationship with God, that God is always disappointed with us, that He's mad at us, that He's always looking at and waiting for our missteps. And therefore, because of the missteps that we experience in life, we approach God thinking that God is mindful of the missteps and the mistakes that we've made. But if that was the way that God looked at you, then there would have been no reason for him to send Jesus. The whole reason that he, was, that he sent Jesus is so that Jesus could pay the price for our sin, shed us his blood for the, the, the payment of sin, and therefore, regardless if I've made a misstep today, I can still approach God, and God's looking at me through what Jesus did, and he says, come on, son. And it's just that easy to fellowship with God. Now, in regards to, I said to you that concerning the blood of Jesus, that the blood was shed. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus sits on the mercy seat before the throne of God. So God is ever present of the blood of Jesus that was shed for you and me. And so therefore God, in fact, God even said it in his word, he'll never get mad at at man again. He'll never be mad at man again, nor show his wrath until the coming 
coming time or to the end times, right? And so think about it this way. I said concerning the blood. The Bible says to have faith in the blood. This is just a little side note that you can just help you in your relationship with God. But the Bible says to have faith in the blood. You might say, well, that sounds kind of gory. No, it's what the blood, the blood of Jesus did and when it was applied, what it did for you. A couple weeks ago, I, I had the privilege, uh, uh, Sim, he's back there in the, the sound booth. Uh, he invited me to go over turkey hunting at his house. And so went out early in the morning. We're sitting there in the blind. And I'm telling you what, the mosquitoes are as thick as can be. I mean, they were just everywhere. I mean, they were so thick. I mean, you can hear them buzzing in your ears. I mean, it, my, my hands were just uh, uh, dotted with all kinds of mosquito bites. And I didn't put any mosquito spray on. And so, man, I was just tore up. Well, uh, last Saturday, or yesterday, yesterday morning, he invited me to come over to go uh, turkey hunting again. Well, this time going over there, knowing what I knew the last time, I mean, I doused myself with mosquito spray. And I mean, I got out of my truck, and Sim says to me, he's like, dear God, man, I smelt you all the way up to the garage. And it's because I applied the bug spray. Now, here's what it did. I went out there, sat, sat in the turkey blind, hunting, and I had all kinds of confidence that there ain't going to be one single mosquito come my way. Why? Because I applied the mosquito spray, and it gave me such a confidence, I don't have to worry about mosquitoes. So if we're aware of what the blood of Jesus did, then we can have confidence that God loves me and is looking to have relationship with me. And if, if you did something wrong, God's not going to condemn you for it, but the Holy Spirit might begin to work on your heart and bring conviction so that, you know what, maybe I need to change or make some changes. But nevertheless, God says, I love you. Come on, let's have fellowship. Let's hang out together. Amen. It's easy to have a relationship with the Father. He makes it easy for us. And so he longs to talk with us. He, he's longing to show himself strong on our behalf. And he wants us to experience this life that Jesus came to give. In John 10, 10, it says that, the, that Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. Once again, you'll know that scripture around here. Life more abundantly means in quality and in quantity. God wants us to experience that. If you're not experiencing that, then that means there's more of God for you to know. He wants us to experience this abundant life. One translation says it this way, the God kind of life. God wants you to experience the God kind of life. Let me ask you, if you're in the presence of God, what kind of life do you think you're going to experience? Joyous. Oh, yeah, it's going to be amazing. You know, my uh, father-in-law, he lives in Oklahoma. And because we're so far away, uh, one of the things that my father-in-law does is when we come down there, he just foots the bill for everything. That's just, you know, that's his love language. He just, he just does it. Well, so, you know, going down there, my wife, I, you know, I try not to take it for granted, you know, because he's not, not my dad. But my wife, that's her dad. So she just... When, when they, dad's got it well let me let me help no dad's got it don't worry about it well so is she being opportunistic in regards to her, her father no that's just dad 
She knows that whenever she's with dad, even though she's an adult woman, she knows that dad's just going to provide a good experience. If you're with him, he's got it. If we're going to dinner, dad's covered it. If we go to the store, what do you need, kids? Right? Because when you're with him, it's an abundant life. How much more does the heavenly father want us to experience an abundant life? And it all comes through having a relationship and fellowship with him. And there's something that God has made available for us to have fellowship with him that the enemy has used against us and said it is difficult, it's a task, it's hard to know God. But there's two things this morning. There's other things we could talk about, but two things specifically that we're going to talk about that will help you have fellowship with God. Everything that we talk about this morning is going to be cultivated and come back to having a relationship with God so that you know him. He wants you to experience him and know him, not from afar, but as though he's standing right next to you. And the way that God has made that available is a life in the word and a life of prayer. We've made that religious thinking, well, I got to be a Bible toter. I got to be a Bible thumper. No, it is the character and the nature and the heart of God in his word. And when we experience or give ourselves time to investing in the word of God, to be readers of the word, you get to know who he is. And it gives you a confidence in who he is. And then also that cultivates a heart of prayer. So let's look at that from the beginning in regards to the word. We're going to look at what it looks like to have a life in the Word. In Mark chapter 4, verse 14, everybody say this with me. Say, reading my Bible is not religious. It's not a task. It's not a have to. I get to. Man. All right, notice what the Bible says here. This is Jesus speaking. And... He's given us a parable of the sower of the seed. And he gives it in a manner that he's telling the story. And then he gets with his disciples. And his disciples say, we don't get it. Can you explain that for us? We just really didn't get what you were saying. And so Jesus, he expounds on the parable. He says this in verse 14. Mark chapter 4, verse 14. He says, the sower sows the word. Everybody say the word. The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. These, likewise, are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they heard the word, immediately received it with gladness. Let's pause there for a moment. They received it with gladness. If you'll read the Bible knowing that it's God's, God's talking to you, if you'll read the Bible saying, I am discovering the character and the heart and the love of God, it will bring gladness to your heart. If you're reading the Bible and thinking, dear God, I didn't know God was that way, you're reading it from the wrong lens because God is good. Even all the things that you see where you see the harshness of God, it was all done through the heart of love for future generations. That was a good place to say amen. All right. <laughs> Verse 17, Jesus continues and says, he says, in regard, they received the word with gladness. He said, but they had no root in themselves and so only endure for a time. 
afterwards when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake immediately they stumble let's pause again notice the Bible says that the moment that you start getting into the word or you're getting the word into you did you notice that the Bible says that because of the word that you're fellowshipping with God with and through the enemy likes to bring tribulation I guarantee you that if you'll purpose to start reading your Bible the enemy will start messing with you why because he don't want you to get to know God he wants you to think about God the way that you've always thought about God that he's rough that he's mean that he's hard that he's disappointed and therefore you'll think about it or have have a incorrect perspective of God so persecution will always come tribulation will always come when you purpose to get the word in your heart and notice that it also says rooted rooted in your heart so in other words God wants it to get deep deep in you come on have you ever bought one of those plants uh, at, at the the store and they have the little plastic little four by four little cup things and they got the little plant maybe it's the tomato plant and it's growing and you pull that out of the little plastic thing and there's dirt in there but have you noticed how much root is in that little bulb or cube of dirt I mean there's more root than there is plant why because the root is what sustains or brings sustainability to the life and longevity of that plant and once in fact what they tell you to do they say don't just put the little bulb in there they say break up the roots and then plant it why so that the roots can start to expand quicker so that there's root and something to hold on to when storms or winds or rains come right the word needs to get in it's okay he goes on to say this in verse 18 he says now these are the ones sown among thorns they are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for the things enter in and choke out the word and it becomes unfruitful but these are the ones sown on good ground those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit if you hear the word and accept the word it bears fruit some 30 some 60 and some a hundred fold the Bible says that being a person of the word it produces fruit in your life now have you noticed that the devil works diligently at keeping you from getting into the Word of God I mean sometimes it almost feels like the devil hides your Bible sometimes don't he like where'd I put that thing I can't find the thing right no I'm telling you what he'll work hard to keep you from getting into the Word of God why because the moment you do you start to fellowship with God because the word is nothing more than fellowship so number one in regards to some things that we're looking at if the word is not in us there is no root and therefore if the word is not in us we don't have fruit in our lives he said that you'll bear fruit if the word is in you so therefore if we're looking around and saying God where's the fruit in my life then ask yourself the question have I been getting into the word and fellowshipping with God because he said automatically you'll show fruit 
Now, it might be different fruit than what you're thinking about. You know what the Bible says in regards to the fruit? He says there's fruit of the Spirit. Oh, what's the fruit of the Spirit look like? Well, the Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is love. Oh, you mean all of a sudden I, I, I've got to change my attitude. And start Rather than hateful, I've got to be lovey. It says that the fruit of the Spirit is love joy oh my gosh you mean I've got a smile I got to get happy dear God my face might crack if I get a little bit of fruit going on in my life Woo! come on you know what I'm saying I mean there's just those those people who think dear God if you'd ever smile in church man your face would hurt no he says that a byproduct of fellowshipping with God you're gonna have joy and then he says you're gonna have peace he says you'll have perfect peace for those whose minds are stayed on him oh come on how many of you need peace man if you find that you're in turmoil you feel like your mind is bombarded you feel like you're overcome by negative thoughts and this depression and oppression listen you might need to check up on the fruit or what you've been fellowshipping with because God said if you'll allow the word to get in your heart he said you will have fruit or peace fruit amen you can have fruit. How many of you know you can have an abundance of fruit? If you got enough of it, you can give it away. Yeah, fruit's contagious. Come on. All right, praise the Lord. That, there is more to that statement than you know. All right. He also says fruit, there's patience. There's kindness, faithfulness, self-control. Oh, dear God. You mean I can actually control myself? When I get the word of God in me, you mean I can control my habits? I can control my thinking? I can control my mouth? Dear God, I mean, some people would say to you, you know, I don't know that you can ever get a hold of your mouth. No, listen, you can control your mouth, but the word of God will help you in that area. Come on, nudge your neighbor and say, man, control your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what, what am I talking about? This is all a byproduct of fellowshipping with God. Number two, if we're a person of the word, or let me say it this way, if we're not people of the word or purposing to fellowship with God through the word, we will be unable to prosper and have success as God desires. You might say, well, I'm successful. Well, you might be successful in your your own strength and ability, but you're certainly not God successful. You might say, well, I've got a lot of money. I've prospered. Well, that might be. You might have done a lot of good things just out of just sheer will, but you're not God prosperous. No, not if the word's not in you, not if you're people of the word. Look at what it says here. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, come on, somebody say, this is the Bible. That means God's speaking to you right now. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart from my mouth. Or in other words, we'll keep it, keep it in our mouth and keep saying what the Word says. It says, But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. So we could say it this way, once again, if we are not people of the Word or not fellowshipping with God through the Word, we cannot and will not prosper to the 
design of God. We will not prosper to the heart of God if we're not people of the word. Notice what it says here in regards to prosper. It says in regards to prosper, the Hebrew translation is this, to rush, to advance, to prosper, to make progress or to be profitable. Come on, have you, notice it says to rush or to advance. Have you ever been praying to God about something and you're thinking, dear God, it sure taken a long time for God to answer my prayer. You're thinking, dear God, God, anytime you could step on in here and help me out here because I've been praying and God, I've got a need and God, you're not doing it. It seems like it's taken forever. But the Bible says, if you'll meditate on the word, he says, he'll cause that which you're seeking to rush or to advance towards you because the word is on the inside. Why? Because I'm going through the mechanics of reading my Bible? No, because you're fellowshipping with God and you're learning that your God cares for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Amen. That God wants you to succeed and prosper. Why? Because I'm consistently having fellowship with God. Reading the Bible is not religious. It's not a duty. It's not a have to. I get to. Can somebody say amen? The word success, he says, you'll, you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. That word success is also defined as this, understanding and wisdom. So in other words, you can have wisdom in certain situations that would make the difference of success or non-success. Why? Because the Bible says we can have the mind of Christ. Actually, we do have the mind of Christ. But he also says to cultivate that mind, right? Purpose to be students of the word. Amen. Number three, if, we don't, if we're not people that fellowship with God through the word of God, we don't experience the victories that God has already made available to us. Why is that? Because the Bible says that well, he says this. He says to put on the whole armor of God. Anybody familiar with that? Put on the whole armor of God. Put on the, 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 the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. Take up the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, right? The, the armor of God is nothing more than the Word. The Word of God is your armor. Well, what do you put armor on for? Because you're going to battle. And if you didn't know it, the moment you said, Jesus, come into my heart, you went into war. The devil's after you. He's wanting to discourage you, defeat you, beat you up, tear you down, so that you'll never fulfill the plan of God or experience the goodness or the abundant life that God or that Jesus made available. So the word, having a fellowship with God through his word, it begins to arm me with the armor of God. So therefore, when the enemy brings on the attack, I'm protected. He says, take up the shield of faith. So the devil says, hey, the doctor said you got cancer. Oh, yeah? Well, I know what the word says. The word says that by his stripes, I'm healed. Oh, the doctor says you have chronic depression. You don't just have regular depression, Dave. You've got chronic depression, dude. Oh, wait a minute. No, the Bible says... That I don't have to have a spirit of fear, but one of power of love and soundness of mind. No, I don't have to have depression. 
I've got the joy of the Lord on the inside. Amen. So in other words, the armor helps you defend yourself when the enemy comes with the attack. And again, it's through my fellowship with God through the word that gives me the victory. If you'll see people that are consistently defeated, discouraged, broke, down and out, I'll show you somebody that doesn't fellowship with God through the word. Hello? That's not being critical. That's just truth. If you see me going around with a sad look on my face, you know that I haven't been fellowshipping with God. You don't have to even ask a question. Pastor, you've been reading your Bible? No, listen, if I'm going around with a sad, deformed look on my face and it's been, been a month and I keep looking this way, well, I haven't been fellowshipping with God. It's the Word that gives me the victory. Can somebody say amen? amen. You doing all right? All right, let me wind this up real quick. I got one more section, so stay, stay with me. As I said, the, the enemy is diligent to come against you to keep you out of fellowship with God. But now, once again, if you'll get into the Word of God, here's what it will do. It will compel you to pray. If you get to know who God is and how good He is, it will compel you to pray and have fellowship with God. Let me ask you the question, have you ever seen somebody or, or, or maybe it's celebrities or somebody that's in your field of interest and you think, dear God, if I could just get to know them, if I could just hang out with them, if I could just pick their brain, oh man, my life would be different. Listen, we have the creator of the universe that we can fellowship and pray and talk to 24-7 and he's not saying, hey, wait, take a number. He's not saying, hey, wait, I'm busy. He's not saying, hey, wait, I'm on vacation. He's not saying, hey, wait, talk, leave a message on the answer machine. He's with you, ready to talk with you anytime you want to speak with him. He says, just come on. Share what's on your heart. Let's talk. But the enemy makes prayer a task, doesn't he? Oh, it's hard to pray. It's not hard to pray. Just give yourself some time and you'll find that God reveals himself. So, we said that if we're not a person of the word, there's some things that we don't see in our life. So there is a cost, or I should say prayerlessness is costly. Well, I don't pray that much. It'll show up. I, I, I don't like to pray. It'll cost you. Not because God's punishing us. It's because my prayer is fellowship with God. I'm getting to know him in his heart. Look at some scripture here in regards to this. The Bible says this. You have not because you've asked not. Well, in fact, in James, let me read it. James chapter 4, starting in verse 2 and 3. It says, you do not, uh, you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. Notice once again it says that if you don't ask, you don't have. You have not because you ask not. Or we could say it this way, prayerlessness creates lack. I said prayerlessness creates lack. Lack will always fill the space where prayer is missing. He also says this, ask that you might receive and that your joy might be full. Man, I'm not very joyful. Well, have you been asking God to fill the joy? Come on, my vehicle screams at me, gives a little light, 
And then it starts dinging. Ding, 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 ding. I need gas. My gas tank is empty. Listen, if your joy tank is empty, there's something on the inside that says, hey, fill me. How do you fill it? Go get in the presence of God. Go talk to Daddy God. And he says, if you'll ask me, your joy will be filled. If you need joy today, ask him. It's not, not for somebody else today. It's for you. And if God filled your neighbor with joy, don't think God doesn't have enough to fill you. He says, ask. Come on, just ask him. And he's wanting to fill your joy tank. Come on. You doing all right? Number two, again, I'm trying to rush through these because I know we're going long on time. Number two, Jesus said, pray so that you don't enter into temptation. So my fellowship with God will keep me out of some temptations. Now, we know that as believers, we're all going to experience temptations. But he says that prayerlessness will cause some temptations to come that we didn't have to go through. Hello? And you might find that just by sheer will, I overcame and I didn't give in to the temptation. That's wonderful. But it could have been a temptation that you didn't have to go through had you been praying. God could have sidestepped that because you had fellowship with him. So once again, we could say prayerlessness will cause us to face temptations that were not graced to experience come on I don't know about you but there's some things that have been tough in the years I don't want any extra temptations that I don't have to deal with if I don't have to deal with them amen all right that's just me all right he says that prayerlessness brings about temptations and we could say it this way that prayer is our battlefield where we take care of business amen Stand with me, if you will. Let me finish with Philippians chapter 4. Did you get anything out of this today? Once again, I know God is doing some different things and services look a little bit different, but I just trust that the Holy Spirit gives us what we need when, we, when we're here. Amen? Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. I think it's a good time to rejoice, don't you? He says, if you're going through some things, it's a good time to rejoice. Well, I don't really feel like rejoicing. Well, then it's a good time to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious. Everybody say, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So did you notice that your fellowship has everything to do with the word meditating on the word getting the word in you because it will produce fruit but it will also create a fruit of you fellowshipping and communing and talking with God 
And once you begin to realize, God, you're so good and so great, I just might dare to ask you for something. And God says, listen, just test me. See if I won't do it. Because every time I do it, my Father gets glorified for it. Amen. And with that, we come to the end of this episode. We hope that you have found inspiration and encouragement in our discussion today, and we invite you to join us again next week. Let's make 2023 a year of growth and love by sharing the message of our church with others. We encourage you to take the plus one challenge this week and invite someone to join you at our next worship service. You can get more information about our church and say hi to us anytime from our website or social media, all online at gvchurch.tv. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.